0: sharing success stories and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Hi everyone, thanks so much for joining us again on the Creative Visionaries podcast. I am so excited to welcome our guest today, Lisa Shaver. and Lisa, why don't you take a minute to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you.
1: Hi everybody, um, I'm Lisa Shauver. And I have been a past Olympian. I played softball in the Olympics. I played on the first women's professional baseball team, the Colorado Silver Bullets. Uh, I've written a couple of books, children books and adult. And um, from my athletic experiences in particular, but just life experiences, we have the five rings of success. Um, love to share it all with you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. So, you know, when I was preparing for the interview today, I was looking at the list uh, that Lisa had provided of ideas of topics that we can talk about. And I was going through the list and I was like, yes, I want to talk about that. Yes, I want to talk about that. Yes, I want to talk about that. So I had to narrow it down to just a few, but um, I want to have you share first on tapping into your greatness. Can you tell us about that concept and and how that um, applies for you? And where that
1: came from? Yeah, so tapping into your greatness is, it's for me, it's about, it's my fourth ring, which is utilizing visualization. So it's just learning to concentrate, to visualize and that self-fulfilling prophecy because what we tell ourselves actually happens. I mean, have you ever said, oh, I wanna get a new blue, whatever, Honda Civic. And then that's all you see because that's what you're focusing on. So you see them. And the same thing is, and that's why I have a vision board. I mean, that's not necessarily part of that ring, but I have a vision board because that visualization, that's what it is, vision, visualization. You are, it's right there, I can see it. So i am you focus on it, what you focus on is what happens. So that's just a small part of how you tap into that greatness by telling yourself or by visualizing, by concentrating, by focusing, by telling yourself the, the positive things that you need to do um, and hear for yourself, so that you are creating that self fulfilling prophecy. So instead of saying I can't do this, well, if you if you tell yourself you can't, you can't, and if you tell yourself you can, you can. Obviously, and I, I think I've been that way, having that positive attitude. Um, yes, I. We all get a little bit down and whatever, and we have to, you know, refocus and. And or maybe have somebody tell us, Hey, what's up? You don't usually say that. And it's like, Oh, you're right. So, you know, that, that pattern interrupt, but bottom line, you need to stay positive. And by doing that, you can keep focusing on the next thing. Maybe you have a dream that you've always wanted to start a business. You're not going to be a millionaire overnight but you're thinking about that. You're thinking about starting it. And next thing you know, you're writing down all your ideas of what you want to do. The next thing you're visualizing that logo and you're visualizing that storefront or visualizing that website. It's that self fulfilling prophecy. You're tapping into your greatness that you everyone has inside them. We can all achieve anything. Um, just a most recent example, I've always wanted to take ballroom dancing lessons. I'm talking for years, and I I haven't. I've asked my husband, and <clears throat> oh maybe you know I'll think about it. Oh maybe, and you know years and years and years go by, and but this last year. Um, one of my coaches and mentors, he's like, he gave me permission. He gave me permission to see it and do it and just make that phone call. And, and I did right after I said, I'm not waiting. I've waited too long already. And I called, it's been a vision, but it's kind of was in the back, but I let it come to the front and I took a class. And next thing, you know, I'm taking dance, dance, ballroom dance lessons. I'm loving it.
0: That's awesome.
1: I'm loving it, but mind you, i was feeling guilty because my mom has recently broke her hip, and I was taking care of her. and And you know, a dance lesson is only forty five minutes, but yet I'm still feeling guilty because of that forty five minutes I was giving to myself when you know she's in pain and she needs help. and And so, anyway, I. Didn't tell her for a couple of weeks. And then oh, I finally did. I just, I can't not share. My mom is everything to me. And I finally yeah. said, Mom, I son, I can't come right at this time because I have a dance lesson. Oh, she goes, that's great. Because most moms are going to want you to do what you want to do, love what you're doing. But I still was feeling guilty, like I wasn't, you know, neg- I was neglecting her or something. So uh, I told her, but you know, one thing leads to another. She, my, my mom and dad were divorced when I was uh, six months old. So I, I didn't know him, but out of nowhere, she says, well, you know what, honey? She goes, you're no, your dad used to teach dance lessons at Arthur Murray. And I'm like, what?
0: Wow. Oh my god!" I gosh. guess it was in my blood. I guess instead of
1: playing softball, I could have been a ballroom dancer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's another path you could have gone down, right? <laughs> but I,
1: you know, I love my sports and I wouldn't have traded it for a thing, but I, I truly at this point in my life, I mean, I'm glad I started. I'm glad I did not wait. So, you know. You've Absolutely. got it that self-fulfilling prophecy or that visualization visualization of something that you want to do. do it because it may be the thing that brings you that joy, that sense of purpose and that fun that that exhilaration that you get from that gives you the creativity or it lets you step away from stress in your life. Absolutely. and we all need that because even good stress, I mean, even positive stress is stressful on the body. You're getting in your house. Oh my God, I got to pack. I got to do all this stuff. It's still stressful. So you still need to take that time out and you still need to think about and visualize, you know, in that instance, visualize how beautiful your house is going yes. to be. When you move in, right? It's <laughs> that, that visualization of making things happen and it will.
0: That's awesome. So the tapping into greatness you mentioned is um, ring number four. Is that correct? Uh huh. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about these five rings of success. And I want to know how how you tie that into your Olympian experience, uh, your experience, you know, playing softball in the Olympics. And and then we'll chat more about the Olympics because I'm a softball player and I want to hear it. And so I want to share that with the audience, too. So tell me about the five rings of success so that we can. Go through some business and
1: then talk some fun. But my first string is undivided commitment. And this is where you'll use your courage, your dedication, and your positive attitude. So because sometimes it takes courage, right, to step out, step out of that comfort zone um, to get started in something. And then you need to be dedicated to it. And obviously, you have to have a positive attitude. If you're thinking those negative thoughts, once again, you know, you're, Or if you're around other people who are thinking negative thoughts, they squash you before you can even get started. So it's so important to to be around others. I mean, when you and I were playing softball, we certainly were around other people who wanted to be there. We were with coaches who wanted to, you know, make us better at our sport. Um, It's so important. So to have that positive attitude and surround yourself with other like-minded people. Um, In short, ring two is the drive work ethic and this is where that desire and motivation is what propels you to move forward and then of course you need to set goals and then you know I've worked hard all my life but I definitely learned to work smarter not harder it's really important because we you need to take that time out you need to learn to chunk things down work in segments you know small segments to make things happen and it's amazing how much If you know that you only have this amount of time and you focus, you can get that stuff done. Um, Ring number three is failure is not the end. And it's certainly not. um, You need to still have determination, always to move forward. You need to still maintain that confidence. Always having that confidence will help you move forward. And perseverance, because we learn from or you should be learning from your failures because Absolutely. what what didn't go right you know it's not that you were wrong and it's not that you failed you just learned another way not to do it so you need to keep moving forward because you will find the solution to your problem or you will find someone who will help you with the solution to your problem Absolutely. you know and that's why we surround ourselves with other people or more importantly you surround yourself with maybe you want to be a doctor. Maybe you're going to, you know, become uh, a a mentee of, you know, some doctor or whatever, you know, I mean, if you go to med school, you're going to go to that school because you think that person's the best brain surgeon or you're going to go to learn from. Yes. You want to learn from the best and, So that means you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and get there and have the courage to do that. Going back to ring one. Um, (laughs) Ring four is utilizing visualization. And this is where you learn to concentrate. You have to have concentration, deep focus, and then visualization, which then ultimately leads to a self-fulfilling prophecy. So for instance, uh, My coach was huge in college. I think this is, I mean, I probably did it a little bit beforehand, but it was more of a training that muscle, training that mental muscle. We did visualization and she would lead us through, you know, like when you're hitting even, you know, like, you know, that it's a watermelon, you know what I mean? You're (laughs) seeing a watermelon and you're just smashing it or whatever it is, you know, but she would. So you'd see it in your mind before you'd even go out and do it. And so I, and then I would take that on my own and I would start doing it for pitching since I was a pitcher and I would be on a mound. It could be a full count, three, two, you, you know, maybe runners on base and you got to get that two outs and you got to get that because you don't want them to score. And I could literally right there just, I mean, I might even shut my eyes for just half a second and I could see myself pitching that strike right where I wanted it to. I'd seen it, done it so many times and bam. It was there, yeah. maybe nine out of 10. I mean, you know, whatever, you know, or maybe the umpire didn't call it a strike. Right? Of course
0: not. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. But anyway, um, but you know what I mean? You've done it, you visualized it. Um, you've visualized yourself, but actress probably or actor has visualized themselves walking down that red carpet, getting, you know, to the Oscars or you just, you visualize that key important moment or that one thing that you need to do and you just need to learn to do it. And when you see it, you can do it. Anyway, know. ring five is building endurance. And this is where you learn how to manage your stress. Uh, it's so important, as I said, um, You know, whether it's just deep breathing exercises, whether it's refocusing on what's, what's really important, or maybe you have 30 things you have to do, but you know what, just pick the top three. Pick the top three. Is those other 27? They're not going anywhere. Right. What are the three most important things? Everybody always says, because I do a lot of things. I mean, I'm always multitasking. Well, I don't multitask. I mean, that could be a misnomer here. I'll come back to that somewhere. <laughs> but I've always got lots of ideas and things going on in my brain. And it's really, I can focus, you focus on one thing at a time. And you might do that, but then you can refocus when it's your next little chunk and maybe work on that second thing. But you can do that certainly with two or three things. And when one gets crossed off, you've done everything you need to do, you bring one of those other ideas into fold. But it's just, you know what I mean, learning how to, once again, focus on those things. And ultimately, ma- uh, uh, I call it the five rings to um, build your day, right? You need to... Uh, create a schedule. I know it sounds, you know, weird, but you know, you just need to get that brain focused in the morning. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like, a, like, like the morning miracle somewhat, but if, if you've ever heard about that, uh, the miracle morning, excuse me, but, um, it's so important to get the brain focused, uh, say those maybe five to 10 positive affirmations, remind yourself right at the beginning of the day, of what it is that you want to achieve. Once again, leading to that self-fulfilling prophecy, it all kind of culminates and brings all those things together. But you need to have that little schedule of things. And there's like just little tools that I uh, share with people um, in my five rings of success. But I've used all of these my entire life, some of it intuitively just on my own, and then some of it enhanced or learned from coaches or mentors. That's why even even I now I still have a coach. Somebody's teaching me. Somebody's mentoring me how to ballroom dance. Somebody's uh, uh, helping me or giving me advice um, if I have a question on um, you know what I need to do to set this one thing up for a webinar or you know right. whatever it is, whether yeah. business or fun. There's always somebody there. So it's just so important to. have all those tools around you.
0: And that's what I love about the five rings of success. I mean, it could be applied to business. It could be applied to personal life, uh, personal goals, sports, all of the above. And so it's really versatile and, you know, it can help even if you think about it in the sense of um, adults and children, like you can even use and utilize and teach the five rings of a success for kids, for teenagers and, you know, s- setting them up at an early age would be, you know, ideal so that they have this mindset, this visualization, the work ethic, all of that stuff.
1: Back in the day when I used to give pitching lessons, um, some of my uh, students, I mean, they came back and they would tell me, oh, you know, they said, oh, Lisa did this and this and this. And it was like determination, confidence, drive. I've learned all these tools that I've learned for the rest of my life. It's so important. And and just throwing this in there, when I, when I was, I, I have been a teacher and during that time, and not only that, I also have a dog named one Max. Max. And who knew I was even utilizing those. And even my dog as an influencer, uh, or before he was an influencer, we were doing uh, dog agility. So because I'd been an Olympic athlete and I... Just wanted to use something. He was like this wild child, wanted to run around all the time. So I said, Well, let's let's focus in on doing something constructive. I mean, let's which focus is focused really that
0: important.
1: energy, right? <laughs> that energy
0: something fun that I
1: might like to do. And he would like to run around. And you know, you get to do the weed poles and egg frames and all that stuff. And so Max and, and so in my um I just recently did a TED talk and and some of it I give examples of that with him, you know. So like when you're doing undivided commitment and that's where he's actually showing his courage to go through when it's scary when he has the first time to go through this long 16 foot tunnel and they've never done it right and he's showing his courage by going through that but he's always he's happy he wants to be happy he wants to please me as well we're a team so you know that's ring one i mean we were working on all of that stuff at the beginning um you know working smarter not harder you know you don't you break things down into small pieces. So learning how to do a weave pole, and there's 12 of them, you know? So normally there's weave poles. I mean, if these were like little weave poles, they have to go in and out of these. Yeah. They don't do that. Trust me, they don't do the that. That's <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 maybe, you know? And so you set them apart, like, instead of being, you know, like this, you set them apart. So you get them used to going through that. Yeah. But, you know, it's just learning how to work smarter and smaller chunks, and then you one, and you add another, and you add another. And, and you know, dogs can count, they can count, That's, they do, they know exactly how many poles there are. But you know, I've done that with that part of my life. And when I wrote my children's books, little did I know how all of these rings were still coming out with my Max and Marigold runic in the crystal cave, because they go on a journey, yeah. he gets lost in the world and and he has to have that courage and that determination to get, find his way back home. So it's just weaved, like you said, in all parts, all parts of our life, whether it's home, relationships, your health, work, business, whatever it is that you want to incorporate it into. That's awesome.
0: So, okay, selfishly, I've got to ask you about the Olympics before we move on, because I want to talk about your books. Um, But, okay, so tell me a little bit about your journey uh, through softball, because so for my listeners who may not know, I'm a, a college softball player. I played catcher. Um, I played at Sacramento State and, um, you know, grew up in the Fresno, California area, which was a huge softball mecca (laughs) for those of you who know the softball world. Um, and so I was always as a little girl, of course, you know, looking at the Olympics and softball Olympics and, Oh, I want to be in the Olympics. Everybody dreams of it. Right. So, um, tell me your journey with softball and you, where you played, who you played for and, and some of the fun experiences that you had.
1: So just like anything, at least in my life, I don't know about you, but success, oops, let's get a different guy since we're on success isn't a straight line you know um you start at point a and you're hoping to get to point b but you know what you might be ooh, 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 before you get to point b so there's been a lot of curves and a lot of um, things going upon intended since a picture through the curveball but anyway there's a lot of curves <laughs> throughout in, in my life and and you've got to learn how to see that and and go with it you know be able to shift in your life but with that said i started off um playing softball when I was ten I started out playing, I saw these girls walking down the street. I mean, I was walking down the street home and I saw them at this um, public school because I went to private schools walking home and there was all these girls on the softball field like oh I want to do that. So I begged my mom and and lo and behold, there I was I finally got to play. But guess what? I just started. I wasn't very good. So and in Bobby Sox I don't know if they have that league around anymore, but Bobby Sox, you're allowed you everybody has to play at least two innings a week guess what that was me and they threw me out in <laughs> right field thinking that nobody's ever going to go hit it over there to her so we're going to put her in the worst spot but you know what oh I wanted to do it more I wanted to get better I wa- in fact, I wanted to pitch they got to hold that ball all the time so yeah. it was I did whatever I needed to do so I would have a friend you know help me with hitting he would take me I, I wanted to pitch and so he would catch me and the balls were probably going and but finally one day you know it was going in there I finally got target (laughs) yeah but there was no really pitching coaches right and and well at least for me because I didn't have a dad and most of the dads are coaches and and the dads were working maybe with their daughters on stuff and and there was was it's kind of a weird odd little thing going on there because as I progressed I was see I started playing ASA a little bit um, American softball Association softball um, and and I was playing even adult league when I was only like 13. Wow. And this is back in the day. Well, I don't even know if they don't, they don't call it that anymore. But A ball was pretty much semi-pro, the best you could pretty much do back then. Yeah. And one of the girls, one of the M&R Packers, which were here um, local in Lodi, California, uh, their pitcher had basically pitched a blister somehow in her hand. And they asked me to go up to, to Vancouver to play softball I mean, pitch. And I'm like, what? My mom goes with me and goes up there What an awesome experience. I mean, should I have been afraid or my mom, I mean, I probably had to talk to her a little bit, but should I have been afraid and not done that? Would I have achieved, what I've done? No. You've yeah. got to see that opportunity. You've got to seize it. So we went up there and, and yeah, I'm a little 13 year old girl. I'm not the same as a 20 or 30 year old woman, you know, throwing on the ball, but obviously there was something in me that they saw. Yeah. And and at least I got the ball over and, and, you know, <laughs> right. I got a ball over pain, maybe a little bit better than that. That was an awesome experience because all of a sudden I had this team behind me, this adult team, right? Yeah. No balls are getting, no balls are getting through their legs, right? <laughs> uh, or, uh, or the ball isn't hitting and going back like Charlie Brown, right? Right. Um, <laughs> uh, it was awesome to have this team behind you, this support. It was just an amazing experience, but then that kind of just kept fueling me for more but as i've said i um as i played the fathers usually were the coaches and unfortunately their daughters were pitchers and i was a pitcher and it just seems sometimes there was a little animosity or something going on there because if i pitched over somebody else you know it, and so one year when I was 15, uh, we started our own team. We called it, it as NorCal Tremors. It was the first year. And there were already teams out there. So we had about six girls from um, Stockton area and six girls from Fairfield area. And we created the NorCal Tremors. And we did go on to win the Nationals that year. Um, and that year was the first year they were going to have that team who won Nationals go on to uh Canada for the for Junior Olympic team now life like I said kind of throws you curveballs and stuff happens but uh, my mom kind of moved me to Oklahoma just oh. trying to get me out of this area thinking the grass green on the other side well politics adults whatever everything shifted. I was told not to come to the Olympic training committee. I was told not oh, to come to Canada. I was told not to do all of these things. And here's my dream. This was like the first yeah. stepping zone, junior yes. Olympics, move on. And they're telling me, no, 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 no. And it's the adults doing their thing. Well, you know, behind the scenes, they're trying to get all these people all the people that i beat or helped beat on our team they were pulling them in off onto this new team and i'm like well wait a minute you can only still have only so many people yeah you know but anyway but i went to canada anyway my mom and i flew there you know it was probably one of the toughest things i've ever done but i did there and of course they still denied me uh, ignored me whatever but so there was a little bit of something there but i still didn't give up. I went on to college, I went to Texas A&M on scholarship. Um, but life happens, my grandmother died, and uh, my mom and I were the only ones to take care of that. And eventually, we'll, we'll skip that story. But I go off to UC Berkeley. And the coach there, I was on red thing, because when you go from one college to another, you need to redshirt. you can't just go in and play. Right. And she knew she needed to kind of get me back into I think she knew. That she needed to kind of get me back into and she's also the one that helped me with not just me but the whole team with the visualization but she kind of enticed me hey why don't you come with me and we'll go to the east coast and you can come play and get you know situated on uh and go play with the puerto rican national team and you can just help us out because we need another pitcher she was my coach was a pitcher as well And so I said, okay, you know, and I think she knew she was throwing that challenge, something that I could see something that I could do. Sometimes we all need that, that character, that positive thing to, to go towards. And so, uh, that was amazing. Thank God she did that. And I went back there and little did I know I was kind of sort of trying out for the Puerto Rican national softball team, but I made it. And this was in the eighties. Yeah. it was in the mid eighties, low, early mid eighties. And, um, we, next thing you know, I'm traveling to New Zealand for the uh, world championships. I'm, you know, going to Venezuela, going here and there. And we had made it, we were supposed to be going to the Olympics back then. But the year before it got canceled, that was was supposed to be in 88, it got canceled. And at that time I was 22 and I'm thinking, me knowing me it's like okay i can't wait i'm not going to be somebody that's going to play softball for the next 10 years right yeah. in the hopes that it's going to be in the olympics so i moved on with my career i went on to teaching i we started becoming an administrator we were working towards that and but then uh the next thing you know another curveball hits the uh, Colorado silver bullets are saying they're trying you know come try out and my husband, he didn't see me when I played softball, didn't he knew I played. He goes, Well, why did you not do that? And one of his uh friends who was a professional baseball player and now or was a professional coach then, uh knew a couple of the coaches and he called and found out how do I do it. And I went and let me tell you, disaster. failure is not the end. <laughs> it was disaster. I go to the tryout place and there's nobody there. Oh my god. I'm like freaking out like where's everybody so I'm calling up and this is before cell phones are really huge right but it was like 94-ish five yeah 94-ish five-ish inning. and I'm calling them saying please where do we go and they're calling and next thing you know I find out the new address I Have to drive, it was in Sacramento by the way and I'm driving all the way across to some other field and oh they're all starting to pack up everybody's putting the cleats away and it's almost over they're going to be there for another 15 minutes so I'm like running out of the car, throwing on my cleats, do it. And the grass is wet, of course, not of course, but it was, it was like February. So the grass is damp because it had been raining and um, I get out there, oh my God, it was the most disastrous. It was like, I didn't hit well, the ball is skidding. I'm throwing it over there because it was damp and it was not a good tryout. And I was just like in tears on the way home. I didn't realize how much I wanted to do it. So failure's not the end. I did whatever I needed to do. I found out there was like only two more tryouts left and I went and flew to Colorado in a snowstorm, had an amazing, <laughs> had an amazing, I mean, there were some mishaps. We went spinning around in a snowbank at night trying to get there. My mom went with me and boom, we went into the thing. I'm like, oh my God, we're going to die before we even get there. <laughs> but we get there and I had an amazing perseverance.
0: <laughs> perseverance
1: just, and it was just amazing. So then with spring training, but the point of that is, even I threw a no hitter that year with yeah. Colorado Silver Bullets. You know, I was able to pitch and do some stuff. Awesome that year. But when we were in the Oakland Coliseum playing, a team I wasn't playing that day, but they broadcasted on a radio station that happened to hit all the way down to Puerto Rico. And they hear my name, Lisa Martinez, blah, 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 blah. blah. They call me up and they say, hey, did you know that softball's gonna be Olympics in 96? why don't you come and try out or, you know, not try out, but come and help us get there. Yeah. Because at that point they have little tournaments around and you have to win the tournament or win the sections to get to the top eight. And they were right. only going to let eight teams into the Olympics. So I said, sure. But I'm like, like, I snapped something when it's up in the silver bullets. You know what I mean? Something oh, was yeah. going on over here. I wound up having um surgery in February of 96. Um, bone spur was removed, and just, I wouldn't let them repair it, because if you repair your um, Rotator Cup, chance. that's like, that's six months, so I mean, there's no way I'm going to make the Olympics in July, Yeah, um, but the bone spur was bad enough, they said it was going to take about three months, and, and it, it pretty much did, ah. <laughs> and, but I, so I, I played other positions, but I was at least able to pitch, but I just worked as hard as I could, rehabbed it, did everything I could, oh, I missed incredible story in there but um, I but I made it to the Olympics and opening day was my birthday we got to play the US we lost um, <laughs> but it was amazing I got to the Olympics I got to play I got to pitch I finally realized my dreams it was all these little and if I hadn't have played with the silver bullets
0: they wouldn't if I have had recognized hadn't you taken again. that
1: opportunity yes yeah. and if I had not have kept going even when I had that horrible workout gone to the next one <laughs> then I wouldn't have made the team and then Puerto Rico wouldn't have heard my name and I would have never made my my Olympic dream. You know, sometimes you've just got to persevere. You've just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's, it's never a foregone conclusion. Um, life happens in mysterious ways. And if you believe in yourself and you believe that you can do things and you take those steps and those opportunities, um, it's amazing. Yeah. One thought that I said I was gonna miss, you know how, uh, well, maybe you don't, but when you're going to the Olympics in particular, and even in the silver bullets, you had to be a woman to play on a woman's team. Fancy that. So fancy they're nuts. always, testing. fancy that, you need to be a woman. So <laughs> testing you constantly, you have to pee in a cup and they test if you have a Y or an X chromosome, if you're man or male or oh female. <laughs> So when we're playing Cuba in the finals, this is gonna get who's gonna go to the Olympics. It's a huge thunderstorm. And think of a a rainy, mucky horse stall where you know you see all the divots from all of the things. Yeah. That's how the softball field was. It was just horrible because it was a thunder, I mean a massive island, you know, thunderstorm, short of a hurricane, basically. So it was sopping wet, the games have been postponed. It's now like we're starting the game like at eleven PM or something like that. But in the meantime, you're sweating because it's humid, it's hot. We're in Puerto Rico. And they're saying, Okay, go go into the bathroom. You need to I've had to do this so many times, it's not even funny. Go into the bathroom, you need to a cup, we need to, you know, test you. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> and I, I I sorry, I, I couldn't even so I they said, Okay, we'll let you keep playing, but as soon as you have to, we'll pause in. the game. Yeah. You're going yeah. in there. Okay. So, I mean, I'm drinking, I'm in fact, I'm drinking soda, I'm drinking Gatorade, water, nothing, because I'm just, you're sweating, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: I can't, I can't. But about the fifth inning, I'm like, oh, I gotta go. Somebody come with me. And, and you know, but the point is, is you need to be a woman to be <laughs> in the Olympics, to play for the sports. You need to be and then when we were in the Silver Bullets, there was somebody, uh, a male who had, done his, Trip. you know, taking the uh, the medicine, you know, I mean, the, the drugs that she needed to do to transition to be a yeah. woman. But let me tell you, she, he, she was way bigger than the rest of us, wow. hit the crap out of the ball and you kind of had some suspicions, but you know, being the first women's professional baseball team, they wanted to be women because they are stronger. naturally a man is naturally stronger and naturally bigger and so i don't know i just think it just 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 a thought a momentary thought without majorly making a statement it's so important that women get to compete in women against other women and biologically women i think it's so important that's all i'm gonna say but uh (laughs) you know i but i I've, i've lived through it i actually had to prove i was a woman so many times because Because I was good or so good. They wanted to, there must be something wrong or you're either doping or you're a male or you're, you know, something. And it's like, no, I'm me. And
0: and I'm sure those are, those are not challenges that men had to, you know, endure in. (laughs) I mean, they obviously had to test for drugs or any enhancements that they would take, but, you know, different. Not the added
1: thing is, are you a woman?
0: Yeah. If
1: You're a woman or they didn't even care. or I don't know.
0: Right. <laughs> okay, so let's transition. And um, I want to hear about the books that you've written. So uh, you are an author of unforgettable. And then you're an author of a children's book, which is Max and Marigold, which is a series. So uh, tell me about Unforgettable, uh, tell us what it's about, um, who you think should read this and why it's so beneficial, and, and what, what uh, prompted you to put this in writing and and share with the world?
1: Well, first I had written the children's book, but I'll, uh, I will come oh, back okay. to that. We, that. we can go other if... yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> first I wrote the children's book, but then it was like I... With my publisher, I'd contracted for like a fourth book, and I'm going. Do I want to write a fourth book, or you know, about Max Marigold or, or oh, maybe I should write a memoir because as I this was many moons ago, it seems like, but I actually did the whole thing. I went to New York City. I went to a. a a writing conference, and sat in front of publishers and agents, and pitched myself, and did this like speed dating thing. Think of it like yeah. speed dating—three minutes in front of you, and and you better not talk for more than ninety seconds, so that they can talk to you back, and um, and you go through that. Right, I did that whole thing, and but one of the people said, because of the Olympics, I really want you to write um, like a young adult book about. Uh, the Olympics, softball, a girl playing softball in the Olympics. So I was thinking I could do that. And another person there said, want well, to write a memoir and blah, blah, blah. So I was hemming and hawing on that fourth book that, you know, the publisher wanted me to write. And I'm like, um, okay, well, maybe I'll do the memoir. And I started that. And I'm like, mm, I don't like the way this is going. And, and next thing I said, you know, I said, I don't want to do a how-to book, a typical how-to book that's a nonfiction book, like here you do this, follow these steps. And yeah. so let's, stories, stories are so much better. So I, I wrote a fiction book about a woman who is loving life and has a great job. And next thing you know, she's being called into HR and, and they're telling her, uh, sorry, we're canceling you or firing you and here's your papers and, and your whole division's gone. And she decides to chuck those things in the, in the garbage can. <laughs> And continue on and continue working and making herself unforgettable, so that they would keep her and want to keep her and elevate herself to the next level, and then being able to save her department. It's just about the challenges in life, and and keep going, even if you think that there's a failure there. Um, the t- determination to keep going, just to make yourself unforgettable, because if you are kind of people, if you share that joy if you find your purpose and you can help pass it on to others. It just makes it just makes you more valuable, yeah. you know, to others whether it's friendship um, or business, whatever it is. So yeah. it's just a nice little tale uh, story about how to make yourself unforgettable. Awesome. And then uh, the uh, other books that I've written are the Max and Marigold series, and Max is from my dog, Max, his name is um, Instagram name is one at Max. So as I don't know if I alluded to it earlier, uh, or if that was before we started talking, but Max um, was a rescue dog. So when the economy was bad back in 2008, nine, 10, um, our business, I wasn't teaching at the time, I had started a new business and it was just kind of, you know, depressing and kind of getting funky, um, how things were going. And we, found, we had some rental properties and one of our tenants um they were literally checking out giving us the keys and and we were giving them their deposit back and there was this crate in the driveway with max uh this big bone hey i still have it this big bone oh
0: my gosh! and uh,
1: and, uh a little monkey toy this little baby monkey toy smaller than the bone oh, wow. and there i was sitting and i said uh well we can't take them with us do you know anybody who can take it we're like really you're leaving as soon as i give you your deposit back and you're just now telling me about, that there's this dog that you're going to yeah. like abandon Abandon <laughs> Abandoned, basically. i like, oh, we going to leave him in the driveway and hope no! somebody gets him. No. So we, my husband was like, no, we'll take him. Because we rescued dogs and cats anyway before. Uh, so we took him and and I, on the way home, I'm thinking, oh my God, we have so many dogs and cats we need to find. Him. So I found somebody that was going to take him or the mother was going to take the dog. She's going to come over the next day or next, this weekend. And And, uh, she never showed up. That was it. He was mine.
0: Uh, you know, all
1: it took was a couple of days and he's my soul dog. And, and so he just makes people smile. So I started doing dog agility with him. As I said, yes, I, you know, I wanted to do something special with him and something that is athletic for me too. And, but he was a wild child, loved to run around. So I just wanted everything to be, you know, a good team right there and him to be well-behaved in life and, but as we drive along, he's always he's got one ear up and one ear down. And he's just a little mutt. He's cute, but he makes people smile. So and he'll come sit in my lap as soon as it's a stop sign or a stop light, I should say he knows, and he scratches the door and he wants me to roll down the window and he's looking at people and, and they're <laughs> looking fierce. at him, laughing and waving, or they'll tell, hey, the kids in the back, go look at that dog. Yeah. and they roll down the dog's name. And and I've uh. had police officers do the same thing. And so I just wanted to share him. And one time uh, we were uh i was going to on a business trip uh southwest airlines and i saw the tuna melts my heart a, a dog influencer i said i can do that that's how i can share max that's how it kind of started so you, know, you write a little bit a bit about him every day and yeah. on instagram I go, oh, what's instagram i i didn't have instagram facebook i mean i had a facebook account but i didn't really know so i had to create one for him and so that's how it came about. But then I wanted to take it one step further because I did get back into teaching um, in like 2012. And I said, and I was thinking, well, what could I do? And I said, you know, I want to share the adventures of One Up Max. That's how it started off. Yeah. But eventually evolved into Max and Marigold, his little sidekick, um, I love the human little girl. And, and basically, he gets zoomed off into a, a wormhole into another complete world he and then marigold from a completely different area uh, without from ireland gets zoomed off too and they're stuck in this new world and they meet runic a baby dragon and a young dragon and they go off on an adventure to find these magic stones to help them get back home so once again it's about determination about moving forward about having confidence and courage you know to get through it all and friendship friendship getting through it you know with your friends so that's the first one is Runic in the Crystal Cave. And then the second one, which I'm not quite sure when it will be coming out because um, I just literally launched March 23rd, was Max and Marigold, Run- Runic in the Crystal Cave. And then March 6th, we just launched uh, Unforgettable. Oh and my gosh! So wow. Both available on, on Amazon, or you can go to LisaShawver and you'll find a link there.
0: Yeah, and I'll have to, um, I'll have to put a picture for the the people that are watching on video. The picture of Max—he's so cute—and literally one up, what it's one up, Max. Is that what you call him? One up, Max. Max one up, has Max. Has one Max. One ear. Up <laughs> so cute. Always <laughs> up.
1: Always up. And the only time the floppy ear ever, yeah, the only time the floppy ear ever goes up is when, like, when he's jumping, when he was doing a jump, or if he's going through the weave poles, that wind, this one's always up, and the wind would cause it to go up, like, when you see slow-mo videos, you know. Yeah,
0: well, and, you know, I uh, shared this with you earlier, but I have two young boys who are five and eight, and so um, I'll have to look into the children's book, because I'd love to, you know, teach them through reading you know perseverance and all these things that you know you want to instill in your children as they're growing up and you know having a book to kind of facilitate that uh you know is exciting and of course now meeting you and knowing you and being able to share that with them will be um will be awesome
1: yeah no it's just it's a great little little adventure and then the second one they're back on on they come they get he gets back home spoiler alert but uh, the <laughs> second one is about you know adventures here like on Earth at home and then the third one is um, in Africa does so some adventures there so it'll be fun fun little so trilogy.
0: Did you ever think that you would be an author? I mean, did you ever? Oh, pursue? now that's something
1: I never had envisioned <laughs> ever. I mean, until maybe 2000 whatever it was 15 or 16 whenever you know what i mean that was that was nothing that i ever thought i was i'm a math person i can write oh, well obviously i can write but um i just never thought about doing it and then but until something sparked inside of me you know yeah. that joy of math and that joy of wanting to share him with others and spread that joy and that smile that's how the social media started and then that's how the uh you know the book started or you know just wanted to share that. And then in writing it, he knew all of those things inside me that I've learned and um, to empower myself and others just came out in the book as well.
0: Yeah, and just like um podcasts like this, sharing that message and sharing those inspirations and those those ideas, uh, just they you never know how far this message is going to go. And the same thing with a written word, right? You know, this book is going to live forever and, you know, people are going to read it years and years from now. And so it's so inspiring to to know that you're able to share that and, you know, I I, I truly admire you for that and I'm glad that, you know, we've been able to, to allow our paths to cross and so that you and I can share this message and, and reach however many people we can through the word of mouth and the written word and it's just, it's an amazing feeling.
1: Yeah, no, it was amazing, but thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure to meet with you and speak with you. I love um, meeting new people and sharing.
0: So is there any way, I'll, I'll put some, um, links in the show notes. Um, but is there anywhere specific you want people to reach out to you? Um, how can they connect with you? Tell me
1: say two, two different ways. One is just my website, Lisa um That will have the book links and five rings and, and some other TED talks and podcasts that I may have been on other media. But the other thing is you could go to meet Lisa 360.com so literally meet m-e-e-t lisa l-i-s-a and then the number 360.com and what's great about that site is if you like to connect versus linkedin you know you're a linkedin person you go hit uh, there's like place to connect to linkedin or for facebook or instagram so there's different places or my website or it can take you directly to a book or the programs it needs to be updated a smidge some some change but it's all there or go to lisashaber.com Awesome.
0: Any final uh, inspiring words before we wrap up?
1: Find your joy and and create that, uh, to find that passion and that purpose in life because that will help you get to the next level, no matter what you are trying to do in life.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and I look forward to sharing your message. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.